We are Parshas Mishpatim, Jewish Base. Make sure everyone's got the papers, my McClemens. So Jewish Base, and I think this is an important theme, you know, when we talk about uh, Mishpatim. So it's an amazing thing how many, how many halachas are in the Parsha, how many different dinim, all the monetary laws that are all discussed in the Parsha. And he's going to take a look at the opening pasuk. And he's going to give us a theme for what it means to, you know, to judge, to be a dayan, to try to reach compromise, to try to reach truth. And he goes through and he starts from the Medrash. So we're familiar with the Pasuk starts, Ha-Mishpatim, these are the laws, Asher Tasim Lifnehem, which you will place in front of them. So the Medrash comments, Ha-Mishpatim, David Omar, Yiras Hashem David Omar says, the Pasuk and Tehillim, the quote of the Pasuk, that the fear, the fear of Hashem, the Yiras of Hashem is Tahira, is pure. Aimedes Lad, it stays around forever. It sounds like the Pasuk of David Amalekh is describing the mile of Yiras Halukim. And Yiras Halukim is an emotion. In other words, as opposed to intellect, as opposed to knowledge, which just is, it's truthful. But David Amalekh is describing that there's a value of Yiras Hashem. The Yiras Hashem, the Tahara of it, is something which endures forever. So the Medrash says, Lamakach, how is this so? What is David HaMelech referring to? Mishim Because someone who has that, anyone who has the Yiras HaLokim inside of him, so then all of the Torah stays within him. Yesh Adam Shainim Medrash Halachas V'Agados. However, the contrast is, you could have a person who is learning Halacha, Agada, he's learning a great amount. If he doesn't have the Yira, then there's no way for the Torah to have value. It's not going to stay. And this is, you know, the scary idea, but without Yeras HaLokim, without connecting it to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so then the knowledge itself doesn't empower a person. It's only through the Yeras HaLokim that a person is empowered. And it's a beautiful message. You know, it really is, is that, you know, Torah is so much more than just knowledge. It's not intellect. It's about the relationship, the way you, you relate it to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So you have to have Yeras HaLokim. Without Yeras HaLokim, it's not going to be worth it. But the question is, why is this being quoted on the opening pasuk in this week's parasha, these are the these are the mishpatim that you're going to place before them. Says the medrash, David Amalech said, and that a person can have all the intellect of the Torah, but if they're missing ears alukim, then it's nothing. What, what what does one have to do with the other? Tema, it's astonishing. How is this pasuk that David says in Tehillim? How is that connected to our parsha? How does that have anything to do with the beginning of the pasuk that says Hamishpatim? What does that have to do? Furthermore, what was hard about our Pasuk, maybe our Pasuk Shal David, that we needed to quote the Pasuk from David? If you think about it, it's actually a separate question. The first question that he's bothered by is what's the connection? How are we relating the Pasuk of David, Zerah Salokim, to the Pasuk of Elam Mishpatim? The second question which he's bothered by is, is, is what, what was bothering the Medrash that it was looking for something? In other words, before what the connection is, obviously something was bothering the Medrash. Some Medrash are looking at the Pasuk of Elam Mishpatim, there's an implicit question, is bothered by something? And since it's bothered by something, that's why it is quoting the other Pasuk. But the Shaila is, what is it bothered by? And third question, Umau David Amar. Why is the Medr saying that David said? Every time you quote a Pasuk and Tehillim, do you say David said? No, you quote the Pasuk, Pasuk and Tehillim. Everybody knows that Tehillim is written by David HaMelech. The Pasuk, the, the Medrash doesn't have to tell us that David HaMelech is the author. So why is the Lashon of the Medrash that David said in the Pasuk of Tehillim? David What difference does it make if it was said by David HaMelech or it was said perhaps by a different person? What the language should have said is, This is the meaning of the Pasuk. The fear of Hashem is pure. Meaning to ask, why the emphasis on who authored the Pasuk? So, a few questions here. We have a Medrash, which is relating Yerush Hashem to David HaMelech 
saying that Yerz Hashem is the key to Torah. Without Yerz Elohim, then there's no way for the Torah to be retained. And the Medr Shema was connecting to that to the opening uh, pasuk of our parsha of Elam Mishpasim Asher Tosim Lefneim. Kasha is what's the connection? Kasha number two, what was bothering the Medrash about the Pasuk? Kasha number three is why is the Pasuk, why is the Medrash emphasizing that it was David HaMelech specifically who was the one uh, to say this Pasuk? So, Venira, he gives us the foundation for, the, for, the, for his approach here. HaMedrash Hergish, what the Medrash is, is Hergish is like, the, like a Hargasha, so a feeling. But what it means is like feeling in terms of questioning. What the Medrash is picking up on, it's sensing, I guess is a good word. It's sensing a kasha, be'ila hamishpatim. It's sensing a difficulty in the, in the, long, the language of the Pasuk of ve'ila hamishpatim. And these are the laws. Ve'ila, the opening word of the Pasuk, the and these implies that there's a connection between Parshas Yisro and Parshas Mishpatim. It's as if like the Torah is saying, don't think that the Aseris Hadibros were the end of everything. Even these were part of it. And that's really like Rashi. Rashi tells us, the Komakom Shnemar Ve'ela, wherever the Torah uses the word Ve'ela and these, Mosef Alari showed him. The point is that we're trying to add, connect what we're saying now in Parshas Mishpatim to what was mentioned previously in the previous Parsha. What's the connection between Parshas Yisro and Parshas Mishpatim? Ma'ahri Shonim Misinai, just as what was said before in the Aseris Adibros was from Har Sinai. We obviously know that was at Har Sinai. Ve'ilu Misinai, so too, all the monetary laws here in Parshas Mishpatim also came from Sinai. That's what Rashi says. Rashi is claiming that the Vav, the Ve'ela, is coming to tell us that all the Dinama Mishpatim were also learned from Sinai. The end, that, that's the end of the Rashi. But the problem with that is, and what the Medrash is bothered by is, Why would anyone ever have thought that this didn't come from Sinai? I mean, everything by Dabra Hashem Moshe Lemar. Would you think that that's not from Sinai? And of course, the question that we're, that we're bothered by is, you don't have to say Vav in order to tell me that it came from Sinai. Of course it came from Sinai. It could just say, Hashem told Moshe. I mean, that's what it says for everything else. Why would anybody think that the parashas mishpatim did not come from Sinai. It's a the rabbinu that therefore we need the pasuk, we need the vav to connect them. Of course, the whole Torah said at Sinai, and it's very easy for the Torah to indicate that it was not you know Moshe Rabbeinu's own made up laws, his own judicial system, and that really from it came from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Would one really think that that I need the vav to do, to tell me that? So that's what the Medrash is bothered by. The Medrash is bothered by this idea of the Vav. The Vav is indicating the Parshish Mishpatim. Someone might think it didn't come from Sinai. In order to understand that, you have to use the Vav to connect it back to last week's Parsha, just as Asher Zedibros came from Sinai, so too the Mishpatim from, came from Sinai. But the problem with that is, why would anybody really think that the Mishpatim didn't come from Sinai? Everything in the Torah is from Sinai. I could just say Hashem sold Moshe. Now, you might answer like the Re'ain answers. Now, he doesn't quote the answer of the Re'ain. The Re'ain says a very interesting answer. He says, of course, we would know it's from Sinai, but I wouldn't believe that there was thunder and lightning. Meaning, I wouldn't think that there was such drama. When the Aseris Hadibros were given, there was thunder and, and lightning, and the sound of Hashem's voice, like everything was so clear. So somebody would say, that was only for the Aseris Hadibros. That's why I need the Vav. But he says he doesn't like that. Kasha, the Mainaf Kamina, I mean, who cares? Who cares if it was given with the thunder and the lightning? It was not given with the thunder and lightning. At the end of the day, after all is said and done, it's from Hashem. What's, what, what, what do I really care? What's the meaning in that? And therefore, we must say that we're not working with the Re'im. We reject the Re'im's answer. We're really just bothered. What in the world is the pshat that I have to connect? I have to connect this to last week's parsha, And because of this issue, that's where we're going to try to give an answer with the Medrash quoting the Pasuk of Yerush Hashem Torah. So we haven't given the answer yet. But at least so far, what we've addressed is we know what the Medrash is bothered by. 
The Medrash is opening up its mouth because there's a problem. There's a Vav because you might not think it came from Sinai. The Vav connects you back to Parshish Yisro. No, all the, also these came from Sinai. The problem is, why would anybody think that it didn't come from Sinai? What do I need this Vav for? And now we're going to give the, what the answer is, the Medrash is giving, based upon Yerush Hashem Tahora, what is the answer and how does it relate to that Medrash? So now here we go. We're going to delve into now a Gemara and Sanhedrin, a fundamental dispute in the Gemara and Sanhedrin. Parakama the Sanhedrin. Plea, there is a dispute in the Gemara. E mitzvah is there a mitzvah bitzua? You know what bitzua? Bitzua means to compromise. Liftsoa means like, you know, you have the bread and you, you cut it, right? You, may, you, may, you, you cut it in two. So that's kind of like the compromise that you reach, a, you know, a mediation. Like it's, it's, it's finding a part for you and a part for you. That's the concept. That's the Lushan of Bitsia. And the Gemara in Sanhedrin has a really interesting debate. Is that a good thing in a court case or a bad thing? And the obvious themes here is that there's truth and there's peace. And truth and peace don't, 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 don't want the same thing, right? In other words, the, the truth wants the truth to, to, to come out and then one person's right and one person's wrong. Peace wants everyone to be happy, right? So everyone wants to be happy. You'll get some, I'll get some. And the question is, what should the Dayan do? So there's a whole thing in the Gemara over there. Maybe this was a dispute already between Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron, the Gemara maybe suggests. But the Gemara is debating this back and forth, whether MS reigns and it's bad to try to reach compromise or do I say that it's good to reach compromise? This is, this is the question the Gemara deals with. So the Gemara eventually brings a proof. The opinion that says that it is a mitzvah, that it is preferable to reach compromise, maybe Raimi David. He brings a proof from David HaMelech. David HaMelech, a Pasuk, in, a Pasuk, I'm sorry, a Pasuk in Shmuel, is the proof that you should compromise. Why? It says about David, the Pasuk in Shmuel says, David made tzedakah, and he did mishpat and tzedakah. So mishpat means the law. But whatever the justice is. Justice means what's right and what's wrong, the law. Tzedakah, righteousness, is charity. Charity implies like it's not really what the law is, but he was giving. So the Gemara analyzes that Pasuk. Was it Mishpat or was it Tzedakah? Which one did he do? Ezehu Mishpat Tzedakah. What type of justice also has charity with it? What does that mean? You must say that it refers to compromise. That's exactly what it is. He did both. In other words, he would give he would, he would exercise the mishpat through tzedakah, which is a way of saying that he would reach a compromise. So this is the pasuk that is brought in the Gemara, approved from David HaMelech specifically, that the right thing to do is to try to reach a compromise. So, so far you already start seeing the clue. David HaMelech is going to be the one to introduce to us that compromise is the better way to go. Now, there's a very important marasha in Mesecha Sanhedrin, Upir Shama Marsha. the marasha explains there. A judge who has real fear of heaven will always want compromise as opposed to doing judgment. Why is that? And if he removes himself from judging in the strict law and he makes a compromise, who maybe he's making sure he's at peace between him and the Abishta. Meaning it's not only peace between the litigants, it's peace between the judge and Hashem. Why? Because the judge has to be nervous that he might do the wrong thing. To Bedin, when it comes to absolute law, you might not be sure you get the right outcome. The Bama and Bedin Maruma, the claim might be a lie. There might be some fraudulence in the court case. The judge might wrongfully give from, let's say, the defendant and give it over to the claim 
the, the plaintiff who's making a fraudulent claim. And yes, of course, in that case, who's the sinner? It's not really the judge, but it's the litigant. But at the end of the day, the judge was the one who carried out a wrongful sentence. There's also times when it's even worse. The judge himself might not investigate as well as he should. There are times where a judge might not be as deliberate as he should be. He might make a mistake. In those cases, it might really be the judge's fault. So there are times when a person goes to judge, if they go through mishpat, if they go through the justice, then they're vulnerable. They're vulnerable in the sense that they might not do the right thing and they might not judge correctly and Hashem might, might have tainus on them. Avul b'pshara, when a person goes to a compromise, he berotzun shneim. The key of compromise is that it ends up that it's with consent of the parties. In other words, we reach a deal. Whether or not it's the deal was favorable or less favorable, ultimately that the key of a deal is that the judge didn't decide it it was the consent of the parties. It might be negotiation, but it's consent. That's the key. It's beratzon of shneim. If so, in kan avon So no sin has been made. In other words, as long as the judge is doing what's consented upon by the two parties, then there's no way he's protected himself. He's taken himself out of that vulnerability. So what the Marsha is saying is that someone who's truly afraid of God, someone who truly has Yerah Salukim, what they're always going to opt for is compromise because then they can be certain that whatever they do, however much money is transferred from one party to the other, they're not going to be held accountable. It was through consent between the two willing parties. Whereas if he would do justice, maybe the claim was fraudulent, maybe he was mistaken, maybe he wasn't patient, maybe he didn't think it through well enough. There are all sorts of things that can go wrong in the case. Akan Lashono, that's the quote of the Marsha. And that's actually the halacha. So again, we brought a proof from David HaMelech that it's better to do compromise. David HaMelech did stucco mishpat, which means the exercise, the, the justice through the element of charity, he made compromise. And we're seeing from the Marsha that the Indian, why a person opts for a compromise, is not just, oh, it's better for everyone to get along. It's deeper than that. It's that actually that what's propelling that is Yerus Elohim, this uncertainty that one has. Maybe there, maybe there are great consequences from Hashem if I made a mistake. Therefore, I'd rather, I'd rather see that both parties consent to a deal rather than say, this is the law and you must pay. And therefore, what's the halacha? How do we pass in Shulchan Aruch? That every time you go to a court case, the judge is meant to say that the, the best thing is that you should be able to reach a compromise between yourselves, and I can help you do that before we would go through the strict justice of law. I'll tell you, for anyone who's gone through it, um, you know, lo alenu, but I get this I, I, a lot of times. A lot of times from people is that they find it very frustrating because they find they want the vindication, they want to be right. And they go to the court, they go to the Din Torah. They, people have other issues with Din Torah. That's for a different time. But, 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 but one of the most, the, 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 the systematic one, the one that's in Shulchan Aruch, which cannot be avoided, is that Paiskhan Bipshar. They're always going to tell you that we'd rather see the compromise. So the person says, I, I, I didn't go to the court to reach a compromise. I went to the court so that I could feel that I was right. And that's what's amazing is that the halacha actually is poskim b'pshara that the mitzvah is to try to do it without that. And what he's saying so far is that the raya from David HaMelech, that David HaMelech did it that way, was being propelled through Yeras Elohim. And it's not going to be a system of the decision of who is right and who is wrong, but rather we're going to try instead to reach the consent between the parties. Yeah. Isn't there something that says if you reach a compromise... Both parties are not totally satisfied. They're both walking in a little bit unhappy, and therefore, you know, justice has reached, has been reached. Isn't that? I mean, it, it, it's not. It, there's nothing wrong with what you said. It's, That's it's not a Jewish I, I don't know. Um, it, it's, it, it's 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 not it's not what's motivating what what the marshal was saying. What he was quoting. Yeah. 
Is this why also like a bloody basin was like one that had like one death mm-hmm. in like seven years because they just didn't want to like make like a final like a final. Right. There is also other concepts with about killing somebody specifically, but yeah, yeah. I mean, there's tremendous. The Gemara says that a per, like to, to judge is one of the scariest things. It's like to, it's a tremendous thing to judge. Yeah. So here we open the door for yeah, yeah. for Right? right, right, that's, that's the frustration in the system. In other words, once I know that so then sometimes, you know, so there's limitations and it's a tough, you know, the psaac, it has to be a case. You know, there's oftentimes we'll basically throw somebody out. But it's a t- very tough, it's tough, very tough balance. Alkopon. So now, given that in mind, so here we go. Ubevadai. Certainly, in this Pasuk it says, Even though the Pasuk is telling us all the laws, Mishpatim is all about the Dinim. There's a remez in the Pasuk, there's a hint in the Pasuk that it's better to do Pshara. Where do I see that in the Pasuk that it's better to do Pshara? The language of the Pasuk is, that you place. Not that you rule, it doesn't say that you judge. It's Elah Mishpatim that you place. What does that mean, I, that you place? Shouldn't the Pasuk have said that you judge? Or that you, inst- or that you teach, you instruct? What is the language of the Pasuk that you place? We know that to place is a Lashon of creating peace. It's, it's done in a way which compromises reach. That's Lashon of Tasim, which is always associated with peace. So the Pasuk itself is Maruma said that. The Torah is saying, I'm going to tell you the law. But I want you to know that the law is not something which you adjudicate with the strict justice. I want you to know that the law is something which should be placed in front of them. Meaning to say it should be given boif and shalom where the compromise is the ideal. Inami or a different angle in how you see it. That you place in front of them, you inform them, you inform them, but you don't judge it. You're just saying two different angles on the same thing. Either v'yasein, is Meloshan Vyasim Lachashalom, it's associated with peace, or it's the idea is that you don't judge them, but you put it in front of them. And those, either way, but the point is that in the Pasuk itself here, when the Torah is telling us the laws, there is a remis here, there's an illusion here that we actually would prefer compromise. Okay? So we know so far compromise is the way to go, it's a mitzvah, it's coming from Yerusalem, which is motivating it, and now what we're seeing the next point is that it's in the Pasuk itself. In the Pasuk itself, you can see that compromise is the preferred choice. Now we can understand what's going on. That's the Havamina that this doesn't come from Sinai. Somebody can make the following case. Of course, all the halachos came from Sinai. Of course, I know that. But did the idea of compromising as opposed to executing the law, what it should be, is that from Hashem? The concept of compromising, that can't be from Sinai. The opposite. What, what do you think Hashem wants? Hashem made the law. If Hashem made the law, doesn't Hashem want the law to be carried out? There should be strict justice. And the truth is that the Gemara of even applies that way. The Gemara says, The Gemara says that, that Torah is MS, meaning it's ultimate truth. And that's very scary because the Torah has to be eternally true. So there's no bending of a law. We know that. There's no concept of bending a law. It's immovable. It's immovable because it's rock solid because it's eternally truthful. So if so, the taina that maybe Mishpatim wasn't sent me Sinai, it doesn't mean the laws didn't come from Sinai. That's the teeth kind of what he's suggesting. Of course, the laws came from Sinai. That's not a shy law. But the shy law is, is an asher tasim lefneim, that you're compromising within the law, that it's mitzvah litzayah. 
Is that from Sinai? Is that what the Eibushter really wants from me? Is it really about the compromise? Does the law itself want that from me? That's the question which we're struggling with. When we know that it said the Vav to connect us back to Sinai, it sounds like we're going back to Sinai because you would say you, because you would think Mishpatim didn't come from there. It can't be that it means literally you would think the laws didn't come from there because of course the laws came from there. Obviously the whole Torah is from Sinai, but the Kashaila is is it Asher Tosim Lifnam? The idea of the compromise. Did the compromise come from Sinai? Is that just a human? And I guess this is the bigger question. Think about the philosophy because it's not a simple question to answer. We could all agree upon that maybe practically it's better to do it. Maybe practically it's better to compromise. But is the vart that the law wants to compromise or that the human beings need to compromise despite the fact that the law doesn't want to compromise? That's the question. Is compromise a practicality of human beings getting along and we have to undermine law in order to get along? Or is the idea that the laws itself bend? And that's the question that he's dealing with. And that's the Shiloh. Is Elah Mishpatim, does it come from Sinai? What we want to know is, is it Asher Tassim Lefneim? The way that we engage in Basin with the Mitzvah of Tzoya, somebody can very much wonder if that really is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu uh, wants in terms of the Din. And the Gemara says, when it comes to Emesin, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Lefneim Shurus Adin, right? There's no such thing as being uh, merciful within the law and say that, you know, it's okay, don't worry about it, that you missed that, you missed that Mitzvah. Oh, if it's Emes, then it's Emes. You can't move it. But on the other hand, the language that you place, you know what? Maybe we messed up the whole thing. Maybe really it's not from Sinai. I, what does Asher Tassim of Nehem mean? Maybe it comes to tell me something else. Like Rashi says, Kishokhan Aruch. You know, Rashi on this week's parish, Asher Tassim of Nehem, he says that it should be like a Shulchan Aruch. It should be placed in front of you like it's clearly set. Like you don't have to go up to the buffet and get your food. Somebody just literally brings the food. It's a fully set table. So that muscle of that, what it's trying to say is that the Torah should be given, the law should be given in a way which is totally set, you know, totally uh, palatable, relatable, clear. That's what Hashem was saying, Asher Tassim Lefneim. So in other words, maybe the whole drasha that we're saying, Asher Tassim Lefneim, means that it's better to make compromise. Maybe it's wrong. The laws wouldn't want you to compromise. That's what we're struggling with. And that, we bring a raya. That's why the Medrash brings the words of David Hamach. And it doesn't just quote the Pasuk and Tehillim. It says, David said, why is it saying David said? Because remember that Gemara in, uh, in Sanhedrin. Where do we learn the source from that you're meant to compromise? From David. It said in the Pasuk and Shmuel that he did Stako Mishpat. Stako Mishpat means compromise. Shay David, Osepshar David would make mediate, always with compromises. And he was the one who said, Yer Hashem Torah Manaslah, that's the fear of Hashem. Someone who has the Yeras Hashem is always going to go with the Psharas. In other words, now we understand what the Medrash is and the connection is. What's the connection between Elam Shpatim and Yeras Hashem Torah? That's the question we started with. The answer is if I want to know if I should really compromise or not, I say I should. Why? David HaMelech compromised, remember the Gemara's in Edrin, and David HaMelech said unto Elam, Yeras Hashem Torah. Anyone who's coming from the, from the angle of Yeras Hashem is always going to want the compromise because they'll be afraid of the mistakes that can come out in the justice system. So that's what we start off with. So but again, we haven't fully answered the philosophy. We've just answered practically. That Asher Tassim Lefneim means that you should compromise and we're backing that up with the Yeras Hashem Torah and we're backing that up with the name of David because David HaMelech himself was the one who taught us that. However, now we conclude with the, what the Vart is. Why is it so important? The, the Pasuk and Tehillim finishes, Mishpatei Hashem, the judgment, it says, Yerushem Torah, Medes La'ad, and then it finishes, the, that very Pasuk finishes, Mishpatei Hashem, the judgments of Hashem, like Mishpat, meaning all the monetary laws, MS, they are true, Sudku Yachtov, they together are righteous, they together are tzedek, they together are, are, have tzedkos in them. 
So what does that mean? Mishbitei Hashem emes sadeku yachtav. Hello, emes Rasul Lamar din emes lamito. Emes always means something which is totally truthful. Velopshar not compromise. Veichsiem sadeku yachtav. How could the pasuk finish off that the fear of Hashem, which is compromise? And the truthful judgments are righteous. You can't have that. How, think about the Pasuk altogether. Yes, Hashem Torah, that's telling you compromise. Then we're saying, Mishpatei Hashem, MS, that it's truthful, that's telling you don't compromise. And then we say, the tzedek of them together comes together. How could that be? If it's truth, it's not compromise. We're dealing with conflict. You can't have both. You can't have MS and compromise together. If I have a truthful judgment, there's no compromise. If you tell me I have compromised, which is alluded to with Yer Hashem, as we've spoken about, so then there's no, there's no truthful judgment. So which one is it? Just read the Pasuk together. It's a conflict. Yer Hashem, go for compromise. But then we say right afterwards, that we want truth. And we say, they come together. How do they come together? You must conclude, and this is going to answer it, and we're going to reach the depth of why compromise is itself within the law. He introduces an idea from the postkim. The postkim all speak about this. Pshara is not arbitrary. Pshara is meant to be closer to the truth law, to the true law. The Shulchan Aruch goes through this. That Pshara is not just, you know, let's try to get some sort of compromise. Let's just sort of, you know, you'll take this part, I'll take that part. We have to try to reason with many different variables. You know, two people want, two ships want to go at the, at the same, through the same, you know, canal at the same time. They can't both go at the same time. There's only room for one. Who should go first? So there are all sorts of cheshbonos, all sorts of things that the dying should take into account. It's not about who's right. It's not about who's wrong. It's not about the ownership. You can't decide. You know, you're not going to go with that. You're going to go with compromise. But there are all sorts of thoughts within the world of pshara that push a person towards making a decision. It's not throwing up your arms and saying, I'm not going to decide. It's not throwing up your arms and saying, there's no rhyme or reason for anything. Just settle. It's not just settle. It's using seichel, it's using das, it's using the correct intellect to apply what the correct compromise is. That's the idea, that compromise becomes truthful judgment. And this is the way he backs it up. There's a Gemara in Sanhedrin which looks at a Pasuk, Tzedek, Tzedek Tirdof. That's a language of the Pasuk we have in Parsha Shoftim. It says a double language. After, after Tzedek and Tzedek, you should run. What does that mean after tzedek and tzedek you should run? Why the double language? So the Gemara explains, one is when you're litigating with, with din and one is when you're litigating with compromise. What, we mean, what that means is, is that tzedek needs to be applied not only to judgment, obviously judgment is tzedek, it has to be right, but compromise also has to be tzedek. Meaning even within the compromise, you have to be able to find what's the right law and how to compromise. There's not shot that compromise is lawless. There's laws how to find justice, and there's laws how to find compromise. And a person has to be able to find the tzedek within the compromise itself. It has to be a righteous sense of compromise. According to what is fair for a compromise. So it's all relative fairness. You talk about fairness in terms of law, and you talk about fairness in terms of how a person compromises. That's what the meaning of the Pasuk is when it says the Mishpat of Hashem is emes. It is true. What does it mean it is true? In accordance to the truth, in a context of compromise, meaning what we're saying here is that there's truth for justice and there's truth for compromise. Compromise does not miss truth. There is a truth within compromise itself. When you speak about righteousness and you speak about truth, it's the same. Meaning the expressions in the Pasuk. We're talking about within the compromise itself, you're able to find 
the tzedek in that. And that is something which is, I think, such an important thing. Sometimes you think, if I didn't get it all, then I cannot have been right. I cannot be vindicated within compromise. And that's the way we feel. Because if I'm right, then why am I not getting everything? That's always the big question. But what he's saying is that it really doesn't work that way. What he's saying is that if you're wondering whether or not you can really say, I don't get it. How could the law itself, how could it be, how could it be that we want to compromise first if on the other hand, everything from Hashem is MS and within MS, you can't, you can't have it in the compromise. What he's saying is that no, within the world of compromise, there's an MS and a fairness within the way that the compromise occurred. And since there is a law within how to compromise and a way within how to compromise, as opposed to simply saying, whatever negotiation ends up working, therefore, a person can feel the truth, the truth to what a compromise is able to do. So now he concludes what the point the Medrash wanted. Now we can understand the Pasuk. That says, and these are the laws. The Pasuk is saying that this has to be connected back to Parshat Yisrael. This is connected back to the Aseris Adibras, which is the main part of the Torah. The Pasuk is trying to tell us that when you're judging and by way of compromise, you should know that it has to be done in a way that's close to the law. Instead of just saying strict law, or instead of just saying throw up your hands and let them just compromise however they want it, you have to be able to be tossing, but it has to be done in a way that it was found at Sinai. Shigami never be Sinai. The rules of compromise were taught at Sinai as well. And that is what David HaMelech comes to show us. David HaMelech comes to show us in the Pasuk that Yeras Hashem Da'orah, a person's going to go because of their Yeras Hashem, they're going to be compelled to compromise. But nonetheless, Mishbete Hashem MS, that there's a truth in that, that there's a rules, there's a way to compromise. Avaladain Kasha, ah, you're going to ask. If there's one more difficulty, how could it be that David HaMelech said that the fear of Hashem is about compromise? I mean, think about it. When you, do you really have to fear Hashem to meet your compromise? Yes, it's true. If you fear Hashem, you'll make compromise, but you don't need to use your Yeras Hashem when you're compromising. Somebody can tell you, but when you're actually, you might be motivated by Yeras Hashem not to judge, but when you're actually judging, you're not using your fear of Hashem. Maybe it's only about knowing the laws of how to compromise in that point. On the contrary, if you're going to. Um, if you're if, if if you're actually going to be judging, you need more yiras Hashem than if you're just and then if you're just compromising. Because when you're compromising, everyone's just being mocha. You're just saying, okay, fine, you'll take this part, I'll take that part. So then it's nothing's going to go wrong. The Bapshosh name mocha says everybody's consenting. They're being mocha on the part that they're not that they're not taking. So why do I need yiras Hashem when I'm compromising myself? Maybe I'm motivated by yiras Hashem not to judge. But the Pasuk is much more like, as if like you're using your Yeras Hashem when you're judging. It's our Chloma. In order to answer that, we have to say, when the Pasuk is saying you're fearing Hashem, what it means is, you're using your Yeras Hashem to retain your Torah. Only when you have Yeras Hashem with your knowledge, are you able to exercise the law? That's why the Medrash is saying, why is it that so? Meaning, why do I need your Hashem? Why don't I just use my knowledge? Why is it saying that it's all about, all about your Hashem? And why doesn't it mention all the laws in it as well? If the whole point that we're saying is that within your Yeras Hashem, within the compromise, you need to find truth within it. So then why is the Pasuk saying you're using your Yura of Hashem if you're also using your Torah knowledge? It must be. That's the conclusion of the Medrash. It must be when you fear Hashem, you're able to retain your knowledge. And if you don't fear Hashem, your knowledge is not going to help you. 
That's why when someone is compromising and they're using the truth, they're using their Torah knowledge, the reason we still highlight Yeras Hashem is because it's only through Yeras Hashem that your knowledge will stay around. You could have all the intellect, if all the ways of knowing how to compromise, but if you don't have Yeras Hashem, if you don't have Yeras Hashem to do it in the way of Pshara, it's not going to work out. The Pshara will not come out properly. You're not going to be careful to do a Torah compromise unless you are motivated by Yeras Elohim. So let's make a summary of what he has done because he has just brought us a, a tremendous, tremendous idea. His idea was, we started with the Medrash Eila Mishpatim. We say, We can't understand the connection between them. We don't know what the Medrash was bothered by. And we don't know why the Medrash highlighted David HaMelech. Those were the three questions. We've beautifully answered the entire Indian. The big problem is, the Eila Mishpatim, we're connecting this back to Sinai. Why would somebody think it didn't come from Sinai? We're explaining that we're not connecting the laws themselves. We're connecting the idea of compromise back to Sinai. Somebody's going to say maybe that maybe that didn't come. Maybe that's just practically what a person does, or maybe it's not even right to do. Maybe we should really be going with the laws. The laws are what the Hashem wants. Hashem wants the MS. To that we bring Yeras Hashem Torah. And David Amalek said Yeras Hashem Torah. David Amalek, the Gemara in Sanhedrin, says he was the one who, act, who taught us that it's mitzvah litzoah. Because it says David did stucco mishpat, which means that he compromised. And why is that associated with Yeras Hashem? Because those who are afraid of Hashem will be compelled to compromise because they're scared to judge. That's the idea that it's coming to tell us. Ah, you're going to tie in. How does it go back to Sinai? What is the pshat that this comes from Sinai? It's not Sinai. It's not the law. So we're explaining is that there's a rule book that we shouldn't look at compromise as not achieving truth. We should look at compromise within. There's a way to achieve compromise. And there's always svaris. And there's always halachas within the compromise. How the, it should go about. It's not just, you know, whatever will, I'll be Michael and you'll be Michael and together will come to the outcome. I'll compromise in a way that will work for you. We'll both compromise together, but there's a there's dinim to that. It's very interesting, very subtle about who should be compromising and to what extent. And the dying has to apply that as well. It's not something that's lawless, but to the opposite. Compromise itself has in it has in it the element of truth. Within that, now somebody's gonna say in this postic, beautiful, you've answered everything. So now when someone's actually having having these compromises, why is the postic highlighting gear as Hashem? You need intellect for that also. The terrorist is, that's what the measure finishes off. That if you just have intellect without Yeras Elohim, then your intellect is going to fall away. So it's saying, Yeras Hashem Torah Medeslad, if you really want to be able to reach the truth of compromise, you're going to need Yeras Hashem in order to accomplish it. Okay, we don't have so much time left. I want to finish up. I want to finish up with. Um, in the very last page. So this is the, the, the last pair. It's, it's the first new paragraph on the last page, the back page here, page four. He quotes from the Medrash Rava. It says, We're connecting to Parshish Yisro. Before it said in the Parshish, that we said we're supposed to have all the noble people judging. Remember Parshish Yisro, the beginning of Parshish Yisro is Moshe was, most, was supposed to get helpers. He wasn't supposed to do it himself. And who was supposed to help him? The most impressive of people, right? People who knew it all and they were sterling character, everything with the perfect people. The Khan Omer, and here it says, Here we start off with laws. Also, we're speaking to, 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 to judges. And in the middle, sandwiched between the judges of Yisro and the judges of Mishpatim is the Torah. What does this compare to? Says the Medrash, Mashal It's like a, a, it's like a noble woman who's walking. She's flanked on both sides by, by people supporting her. But the Torah is right in the middle. So so to here, you got the people judging on the right, you got the people judging on the left, and the Torah is right in the middle. 
What exactly is the point of this measure? She's very bothered by it. What does this mean? We have judges in Yisro. We've got judgments taking place in Mishpatim. But the Torah stands in the middle. What is the meaning of that? So if you look, skip the next paragraph. And then go to the Od Yeshlomar at the bottom of the page. This is just a beautiful idea. Od Yeshlomar. Before we spoke about perfect judges. When you look at those psukim who Moshe Rabbeinu was supposed to appoint, he was supposed to appoint the most perfect of people, the best judges. Everything that they were going to say was going to be perfectly true. And that's what it said. Everything was supposed to be perfect about them. Suddenly we talk to her to Parshas Mishpatim and we learn about the worst of human beings. Look, look at what the Psukim talk about. Given a few examples of, of Parshas Mishpatim. Somebody lent, somebody, somebody gave his, uh, his clea to somebody else to watch. And then the guy says, I'm not giving it back to you. Somebody's lying. You're dealing with humanity where there, there, there's something wrong. Somebody says, I lent you money. He says, no, I, this amount, yes, this amount, no. You don't know who to believe. You got one person lying in front of you. You don't know what to believe. So what does the Mishnah Perkei say? That when the judge looks at the two litigants in front of them, he should see them like they're all wicked. Everybody's wicked. Because you have one person who's lying, one person who's not lying. You should see it all like they're all wicked. What does that mean you should see like it's all wicked? It means to say that the truth, and I think this is the key to understand it, is that you start off with an ideal. Everything's going to be perfect. You know, the, the judges are going to be perfect and, and, and the claims will be absolutely clear. One guy's right and one guy's wrong. That's the way you start off. That the way you end off, and this is the way that we know the world and to be in today, that the, we're so corrupt, humanity is so corrupt that it's impossible to see it that way. It's impossible to have a judge that you see it in that way. And it's impossible to ever see a court case where you hear one person saying truth and one person saying falsehood. Everybody's speaking lies. Everybody's liars. Everybody's Rishon. That doesn't mean actually there's a Rishon in it. But that means it's the only way to judge. And it's really true. It's the only way to survive within it. Because nothing's right. Nothing's black. Nothing's white. It's always elements of truth and elements of falsehood. And, and what happened to that perfect judicial system from Barashat Yisrael where it was so painted so simply? Moshe Rabbeinu just get the righteous people. They'll listen. No, no, he's right and he's wrong. Suddenly you get to Parshas Mishpatim and you look at the actual cases that these judges are looking at and you realize society's just not up to that. You know, it's not going to work. Look at these things. Look at the dialogue. Look at Heat and Israel. It's not working. So you look at it and you're supposed to assume everybody in front of you is wicked. What, what's going on? What, what switched? The answer is the Torah is in the middle. What does it mean the Torah is in the middle? You're right. Judgment will not always be able to be true in the ultimate line of truth. But that doesn't mean that we cave and we say whatever happens, happens. Sometimes the key is you have to know how to find truth within compromise. That's the idea. It's saying don't assume when the system fails you and you can't find truth because your judges aren't perfect and the litigants are all wrong and everything seems off. Don't assume that the laws are gone. The opposite. There's going to be a rule book. The Torah is Ba'ensa. The Torah is in the middle. The Torah knows how to address the perfection of the law. And the Torah knows how to address on the other side the complete imperfection and the failure of the system when we're just saying go for compromise. But there's a way to compromise. And there's a law how to compromise. And everything has to be known how to do that. And that's, I think, the key. The main takeaway, I think, from this whole thing is 
when we think about we think about the struggle of upholding the law, the absolute truth within the law, and throwing up your hands and saying, I can never adjudicate the law because there's fraudulence and there's falsehood and nobody's, nobody is straight enough to really open up and everyone is, seems like liars and it ultimately seems like the system just works, let's get them out of here in a peaceful way and move on with our life. And you try to balance those two. Do not look at compromise as complete lawlessness. You have to see Torah Ba'emta. You have to see that the Torah directs the way one is able to compromise. I think the way to conclude, and this is, I, I think, the, the main muster is, you know, Baruch Hashem, most of us were not involved with court cases all day, right? I mean, some of us, you know, unfortunately, make a living through it. But otherwise, besides for the lawyers in the room, the real place where we judge is that we judge ourselves and we judge other people. That's where we, most of us, we live. Not necessarily a court room, but that's where we are. We're all judging. And we're judging everything that comes in front of us. So, you know, you have a Yetzir Tov, you have a Yetzir Hara, you have the guy next to you. You have all the things that you're judging and you're taking in. And then there's some times where there's, right, yeah, 100%, I messed up. There's no question. I did that wrong. That was an Avera. I see somebody did this wrong. That was an Avera. That's good. That's wrong. That's the perfection which lives on one side of the Torah, which is absolute mishpah. But on the other side, which we live in with the world of pshara, is that there's black and white where the mitzvahs that I do are half mitzvahs. The averas that I do are half averas. I half desire the good things that I do. I half, to, I half wish I didn't do the bad things that I did. Everything is completely miscombobbled and every litigant and every way of thinking about my life, it's, everything's rishos, everything's messed up. I don't know what's real, I don't know what's fake, I don't know which claim today is authentic and which one is not. I, 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 sense, I sense lawlessness in my ability to judge. I sense that I have no way of actually seeing truth. And the idea is you're right, you have to compromise. You have to be able to say nothing's right, nothing's absolutely perfect, nothing's absolutely wrong. It's somewhere in the middle. But how do I compromise? What does that mean? Does that mean it's all good? You know, Hashem loves me no matter what I do. Does it mean Hashem's out to get me no matter what I do? I'm always guilty. Or do I know how to compromise, but in a truthful way? I find a lot of the compromises that we make and we think about it, it's because it's like, okay, it's not truthful anyway, so who cares? That's not what the compromises are. The compromise of really is that the Torah is ba'emsa. The Torah is in the middle. And that there's a way to compromise. There's a way to live within the grave. To live within the imperfection and find the elements of the truth uh, which are found from the Torah, Torah ba'emsa. Yeah. Torah, 